Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Inauguration Day, which just moments before we hit the record button, Joe Biden was sworn in as the president of the United States. Kamala Harris was sworn in as the vice president of the United States. And of course, I have some thoughts on where we go as a nation from here, as well as on what Joe Biden said after he was sworn into office. Already seeing things on social media, which are to be expected because the left. The Democrats have taught the nation well what you do when you don't like the person that was elected. You go right to hashtag not my president, hashtag resist. And that's pretty much as we predicted here on the podcast quite a while ago because we've seen it happen and we've seen it work. The same could be said for some of the violence at the Capitol last week. People saw on their television the nonstop reel of violence coming out of Antifa and the Black Lives Matter global organization. Of course, when that was shown, the mainstream media had a little bit of a different narrative to go along with it, and that was, well, it's understandable. This brings about change. We understand why people are upset. Of course, at the Capitol, that was a different story on the mainstream media. That was, we have domestic terrorists. This is bad. And I would go along the lines of saying uh, all violence is bad. All violent mobs are bad. Getting what you want by violence or the fear of violence, not a good thing. I don't really care what your political ideology is. Either side should not be allowed to use those tactics. And of course, the mainstream media providing the narratives that they do have encouraged what we're seeing on both sides. But nobody's holding them responsible, of course. But I understand where some people on the right are coming from now. With the not my president thing, the resist thing, that's not where I'm going with this because I believe that is a complete and utter waste of time. I think that anybody, rather than wasting your time on things like resist or not my president, I would recommend that you get involved in politics and whatever level you can. Whether that means running for local office, whether that means signing up to work, you know, the next time a campaign comes around for a person that you really believe in. But start with that. Posting things on social media and screaming up into the sky, really not going to get the change that you want. And it's interesting. When you look back on what has come before, you look back, if you know history, which is, of course, why they don't want to teach it, you can understand that what happened to Donald Trump 
as far as how he was treated by the left. Not all that different than how George Bush, the younger, was treated by the left. And this was just ramped up a little bit more. The difference on a lot of it is the ideology of socialism and communism becoming things that are accepted here in the United States. We have people that have run as socialists. I mean, Bernie Sanders, the number one socialist. I mean, he didn't win. He didn't look happy today either when Joe Biden was inaugurated. But we actually have in the Chicago government people that are socialists that were elected. And I get it. This is America. If you run and you get elected, I mean, let's forget for a minute whether the votes and the voting are 100 percent fair. But we allow anybody that wants to run, we, anybody that wants to get involved, doesn't matter what party you say you're from, you have the ability to get involved with your local politics. Now, the interesting thing is when you look at what's happened to Donald Trump, when you look at what happened to George Bush the Younger, it was a really big divide and conquer campaign. There is no question about it. And it's something that goes back to Marxism. It's something that goes back to socialism and beyond. I mean, it goes back further, but Marx, when it comes to divide and conquer, I thought it was put really well by a guy named Onar Am, who writes for LibertyNation.com. And he wrote this when it comes to the method of divide and conquer. Quote, Marx did something remarkable. He elevated this ruthless tactic to a theory of morality, almost a religion. The trick was the first to divide the world into two classes, the oppressors and the oppressed. In his incarnation, the oppressed were the working class and the oppressors were the wealthy capitalists. Later, his minions changed the oppressed classes into gender, sexual orientation, race, and ethnicity. Different labels, but same method. We don't care about the labels. The method works stunningly well. Marx and his acolytes could turn ordinary humans into hating, unthinkable monsters ready to murder. All in the name of good, of course. End quote. And I think that is exactly what we have seen. Over the last four years and beyond, it is one of the reasons we have such a great divide in this nation right now is that we have played this political game when it comes to the black versus white, when it comes to the rich versus poor, when it comes to the police and everybody else. This is the same tactic that is being employed again and again and again and it is something that seemingly now is turning normal people into hating unthinking monsters who are ready to do just about anything because it's all in the name of good well at least they think it is and when you have two competing sides a nation split in half as we appear to have that are both going along these same lines you're going to have some very serious problems. And this is the America 
that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have inherited. And it's a job that I don't think anybody should envy. And I don't even know if they understand what they are inheriting or what they have put into the problem itself. I mean, everybody thinks they're on the side of right, on the side of being correct. I mean, just to be fair, not everybody thinks they're on the right politically. Everybody thinks they are in the right, that their method of thinking is correct, that their religion is the one that is right and everybody else is stupid. I mean, that's just human nature. And where we used to have a country where it was good to be diverse when it comes to schools of thought, now, no, now we're really going down the wrong path of everybody has to be lockstep in line. And that's a problem because not everybody's going to be in the same mind. What we've lost is the ability to disagree with somebody in a reasonable, rational manner. And the question now becomes, can Joe Biden unite a country that he seemingly really helped divide? I mean, the divide and conquer thing, we have Trumpism and anti-Trumpism right now. And Biden and the Democratic Party, I mean, that's the anti-Trumpism. We still have plenty of people on that side who, unlike Joe Biden in his speech today, are not calling for unity. There are still calls for Donald Trump to be tried. I don't know exactly what for. We talked about that in the last episode. When it comes to inciting a mob to do something, the people on the left way more guilty than Donald Trump over the past year when it comes to encouraging violence and rioting in the streets of the United States of America. But Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they have the reins now of the United States of America. Mitch McConnell, no longer the Senate majority leader, or as Bill O'Reilly called him in his broadcast last night, the turtle. It's the first time I've heard him refer to Mitch McConnell as the turtle. And uh, Mr. O'Reilly does not like Mr. McConnell all that much. And he has some very good reason. You can do some research into Kate's law and why Mitch McConnell did not allow that to be voted on in the Senate. Something that could have actually saved hundreds and thousands of lives. But I digress. Chuck Schumer now is the Senate Majority Leader. God help us. And Nancy Pelosi still the Speaker of the House. Now, Nancy and Chuck are very much not saying what Joe Biden is, because Joe Biden, at least at this point, is saying the right things. Now, I understand why a lot of people do not believe that Joe Biden means what he says, but they are not saying the same thing. And this could end up being a problem for the Democrats and for the country as a whole, now that the Democrats are pretty much in charge of everything, that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi want to go forward with all of these things, including impeaching President Trump, even though he's not the president anymore. They want to do continue to do these things that divide while Joe Biden is calling for unity. So, Mr. Biden, Mr. President, 
it is now up to you to get your party under control if you are serious about bringing unity to this country. And I hope that he is. I'm not one of these people that are going to come out and say, well, I hope the president fails because I don't. Because if the president fails, the country fails. And Joe Biden, at least for me, this is the reset on the country. What presidents say when they're trying to get to that point is quite often different than what they do once they get into the office. Because there's one thing that is a certainty when it comes to American politics is that power is very much fleeting. Donald Trump has no doubt learned that lesson. Even though there were a lot of people on the left telling us Donald Trump's never going to leave office, there'll never be a peaceful transition of power. Oh my God, it's going to be horrible. No, no, the most horrible thing about today's ceremony was having to uh, hear J-Lo, Mrs. Alex Rodriguez, butcher a couple of songs. Otherwise, everything went as it should have. No violence being shown in the streets, nothing interrupting the ceremony. There was, as there always has been, a peaceful transition from one president to the other. That's part of what makes this democratic republic that we have unique. And it's one of the reasons why America has to continue to fight to be that shining beacon on the hill that other nations aspire to. But now that Joe Biden has achieved the highest office in the land and Kamala Harris is only one step away from it, there's really not many places they can go. For Biden, this is the end of the road. It's president and then you're done no matter what happens. For Kamala Harris, okay, maybe she becomes president, but either way, then her political climb is finished. So there's often a really big change between what you say when you're trying to get the job and what you actually do. Because once you have the job, you understand maybe a little bit more that you will leave behind a legacy, that history will judge you on this. And while Kamala Harris lately has been one of the most liberal voting senators in the United States Senate, when you look back on her history, she was once a very anti-crime prosecutor, very much unlike what she is supposedly at this point. Joe Biden, the same way, was once a very, very tough on crime tougher than a lot of conservatives even. So which Joe Biden are we going to get? Which Kamala Harris are we going to get? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. There's no doubt they played into the far left to get to where they are. But their history also shows that they're not your typical far left candidates. At least they weren't throughout their whole career. So I'm going to give them each the benefit of the doubt. We're hitting a reset button when we move from one presidential administration to the next. So we're going to see what we're going to get from a Biden and Harris administration. Joe Biden today 
said all of the right things that rational people should have wanted him to say. Whether he meant it or not, again, is a question. But Joe Biden today, after taking the oath of office, said, quote, democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. He said that America depends on all of us, not just on one candidate. He called for unity, saying, quote, I ask every American to join me in this cause. He said with unity, we can do great things that we should treat each other with respect. Quote, we must meet this moment as the United States of America, saying that every disagreement doesn't have to be the cause of a tug of war. And he appealed to the people who didn't vote for him at the ballot box, saying, hear me out. Take a measure of me and my heart. And I'm willing to do so. I mean, I know a lot of people are not. And I understand why, but the division and the hate have to end somewhere. I would just hope that Joe Biden starts to realize and maybe accept that his words were at least partially the cause of some of that. He talked about defending the truth and defeating the lies. Yet I don't know if Joe understands that the lie he kept telling and why he ran for president was because Donald Trump says Nazis were fine people. And that was a complete fabrication of the media. And it scares me if the president listens to the media and doesn't have better sources because the media, Joe, I just want to tell you something, Joe, come here. The media is not to be trusted. I mean, you should have some other sources if you really want to get to the truth, because that is not what Donald Trump said. Joe Biden did say today, quote, we must end this uncivil war. And I agree with him on that. I don't believe that the way for America to move on and be successful is with a violent revolution on either side at this point. He said, quote, just for a moment, stand in their shoes. So he's calling for people for unity, to understand the other side, that people need to be able to have conversations and be able to disagree with their neighbors, which is exactly what we've been calling for for a long, long time. Although I will say it was disheartening when Joe Biden talked about the things that he was facing now as president, including the climate crisis systemic racism and getting to the truth of things. I mean, Joe, Mr. President, look to your own party and look inward on these things. When it comes to the climate crisis, you just talked about unity. You talked about listening to all sides. Listen to the scientists who are saying things that don't go with the company line. Listen to the smart people and listen to their facts. If you still don't believe their facts, that's one thing. But if you want us, the American people, to give you the benefit of the doubt that you want to do the best job that you can for the country, then you must do the same thing and say, hey, wait a minute. Why is there 
all these people on this other side saying that this climate thing is a bunch of crap. So instead of just going, we're going back to the Paris Climate Accord, well, why don't you listen to the people on the other side and see what they have to say? When it comes to systemic racism, why don't you understand what Martin Luther King said and wanted, which is that people should be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And what your side has been doing, Mr. President, has been instituting more racism in order to get rid of racism. Think of that logic if you can, if you can wrap your brain around it and do something about this insanity. Everybody should be judged equally. It doesn't matter what your gender is or the color of your skin. Nobody should ever not get a job because of that. Nobody should ever get a job just because of that, even though we kind of know why you picked your vice president was only because of her gender and because of her race. Unfortunately, you're saying the right things, Joe, but you're already doing some of the wrong things. So understand why people maybe don't believe what you say. I'm going to hope you do a good job. I'm going to hope that now that you have the office, this is going to sink in and you're going to go, what do I want my legacy to be? And I hope that you want your legacy to be that you did the right thing for the country, not for the special interest that you treated everybody equally and not based upon the color of their skin or because of their gender or because of their religion. America gives people the opportunity to succeed. It doesn't guarantee. That's why it is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not life, liberty, and happiness. There's a difference. And it is that America was set up in order for the people that work hard to succeed, the people that put in the effort to succeed. We are not a country that is going to elevate everybody to the same level. Now, are there some people that need help? Sure. And that should be addressed. But if you turn this into a country where you take away the incentive to succeed, the end result is not going to be good. The chaos in this country must stop. And I believe the rioting and looting now on both sides is going to have to stop. I don't know what Joe Biden's going to do if he turns on the news tomorrow and sees BLM is rioting somewhere. I think he may do something they're not going to like, because if you let this kind of stuff go on, then you lose all of your power. Joe Biden, I think, understands that. I don't know how much he understands, but I think he understands that. And that we are a country of laws. And if you continue to allow lawlessness, as is being allowed in our major cities, look at the crime rates, if you will, in New York, in Los Angeles, in Chicago, 
And you're going to understand the ride that we're on right now. Defund the police is causing this to continue to get worse. We are a nation of laws, Mr. President, and it's up to you now. Congratulations. It's up to you to right the ship. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to see where we go from here. As I said, I wish President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris the best, and I hope they do their duty to uphold the Constitution of the United States of America. Because if they don't, then it is up to each and every one of us to make sure that the Constitution is upheld, to vote the people out of office. And I do believe moving forward, I mean, let's remember, the Republicans picked up, I think it was 12 seats in the House in this last election. Something needs to be done, pushed forward to make sure all elections going forward don't have the questions that the last one did. A lot of those questions came because of COVID-19, because of mail-in balloting, and I believe we'll see less of that moving forward, because if not, then we really are going down the Banana Republic path, and it'll just become whoever can cheat the best will be the party in power, and that competition nobody wins. So again, as citizens of the United States of America, we need to keep an eye on these leaders. We need to understand our rights as citizens and what we can and cannot do. Peaceful protesting, always a good thing. I don't care what side you're on. Violent protests need to be met with force. They need to be met with the rule of law. And anybody that is involved in a violent protest should do hard federal time, which is exactly the kind of thing Joe Biden and Kamala Harris of the past would have wanted. We're going to find out what they want now that they have the highest offices in the land. I'm still optimistic. I know a lot of people aren't, but we have a resilient country. I don't think we're quite done yet. For those of you listening from other parts of the world, and I know there are people listening in the UK, in Australia, in the Netherlands, and in other places, we have some very weird political things going on in the United States, but the people overall are good. The people overall want lawlessness to be a thing of the past. They want the rule of law to be upheld. So give us a little time. We'll get this thing figured out. Now, I would like to say thank you for everybody, as always, for coming along on another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast. There are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, a lot of things you could be doing with your time. And it's always an honor to know you're spending some time with us. It is greatly appreciated. We do have one executive producer on today's show, and that is D.E. Metis of the Fun Fact Friday show, getting a bargain today with a $3 donation, which came in via snail mail, which is my new favorite way, because it's very hard to be deplatformed via snail mail. But we do work on the value for value model, which means that we put these shows out there 
you listen to them, you consume them. If you feel like you've gotten some value out of the show, you get to decide how much that is. D.E. Metis thought that was three bucks. That was more than anybody else this past week. And I thank him for that. But you could decide. Was it worth a hot dog? Was it worth a latte? Was it worth a you know DVD? Was it worth you know a month of Netflix? Whatever. Whatever you got out of the show, you go to randomthoughts.com. Again, that's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. You can click the donate button and you can do a one-time or a monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR code or the address for our Bitcoin wallet, which is there. If you do use Bitcoin, please message me somewhere, email, and let me know it's for the show and how much. You can still be completely anonymous. Just let me know what the amount is, when it came in, what it was for. And you can also find the snail mail address there to P.O. Box. And if you want to go that route, you can even set it up with your bank to send in a one-time donation or a monthly donation. They even pick up the stamp and everything else. And nobody gets a percentage. So that is a beautiful thing on all of the donations. Keep all those middlemen from getting their percentage. But we appreciate that D.E. Metis of the Fun Fact Friday show. He does a great show with his daughter, Leela. You should check it out. And we appreciate everybody for supporting this show over the last 120 episodes. We'll be back next Wednesday to do another one of these Random Thoughts podcasts. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.